Welcome to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. This is the program where we explore the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. We talk to converts, we talk to scholars, we talk to people who are working in the streets, representing the Lord, representing the Catholic faith. We're full of enthusiasm for our Catholic faith, and we want to share it with others so that they can come to the full knowledge and the maturity of Jesus Christ alive in the world today. Today, my guest is Ken Davison. Ken is a convert to the faith. Uh, He's the father of eight children, and he's working all the time to try to communicate the faith to the younger generation. Ken, welcome to More Christianity. Thank you for having me. I'm very pleased to be here. Now, you do various bits of work for the Church. I know that you're uh, the founder of Holy Heroes, which is a a dynamic new um, form of catechesis using the new media for children. That's right. Uh, And you're also working with the notorious Pat Madrid. Is that right? That's right. Sometimes we are actually in the same location at the same time. Pretty scary. I know that you're also working with Pat on uh, promoting Catholic apologetics camps around the country. Can you just, before we get on to the main program, say a few words about that. The Envoy Institute, which we have uh, founded and and are nurturing along, does a couple of things. One, we are having our fourth teen summer camp for apologetics. We spend a week in the mountains, and they do camp things like uh, whitewater rafting, high ropes, archery, rock climbing, but they also get a lot of apologetics talks along the way. We try to get them out there where they can get away from the cell phones, get away from the the iPads, and and talk to people who can help explain the faith and share it with them. And so that's lined up for this summer, uh, August? That's right, 8th through the 14th. Just south of Brevard, North Carolina. That's uh, near Asheville. And our guests this year are Father Mitch Paqua. That's and right. Pat Madrid, Jim Burnham, Melanie Pritchard. And, and yourself. And I'll yourself. be there to do some, right. my, my part and some Friars of the Renewal will that's, be there. That's exactly right. We always have priests there. We start with Mass and, and prayer, and then we have apologetics talks and go out and enjoy the wilderness for the rest of the day. Now, the other thing that we're doing with the Envoy Institute are long weekends for adults, so the adults don't have to go in the live in the, in the campground and rough it, but from a Thursday night through a midday on Sunday, they can get more in-depth type of apologetics and discussions. Our first um, long weekend is in uh, the East Bay of California in June, and we're trying to line up six to eight more in various locations across the country. Wonderful. Go to the website, catholicapologeticscamp.com, and for the adults, catholicapologeticsacademy.com, all one word. Good. My guest today on More Christianity is Ken Davison. He's the founder and director of the Holy Heroes Program, a dynamic new program using the new media to communicate the Catholic faith to children and young people. Ken, I know you're a convert to the Catholic faith from you were brought up as a Methodist. Can you just say a few words about uh, that journey without going into too much detail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was raised Methodist, and we always went to church every Sunday. And my dad was the head of the finance committee of the church, so we were excellent Methodists. We were very involved in the church. I went to college and, of course, was cured of my Christianity there with a religion and philosophy class in my (laughs) senior year. Happens to too many people. Exactly. So I went off to graduate school vaguely Buddhist and remained vaguely Buddhist all the time I was in, in grad school, but I ran into a number of people that I see were part of the Catholic faith journey, some very good friends. We had those late night discussions. And several of the things they said, you know, kind of reverberated in my mind Mm -hmm. over the years. I got married, and uh, my wife was a fallen-away Catholic. 
you know, we got married by the grace of God in a Catholic church. All these things happened, and you look back and you say, we weren't trying to force this to happen. It was the only thing that could possibly happen. The only church available was a Catholic church, Mm -hmm. and we ended up uh, getting married at West Point in the Catholic chapel there. When we had a child, we started thinking about how we're going to raise this child and uh, had many arguments about religion. My wife looked at it as kind of a social artifact. We're American. We should go to church. Since you're not interested in going to church, we'll go to mine. We became the targets of some Baptists in the neighborhood. And I mean targets. They were trying to bring people to Christ. So we got involved in a Baptist Bible study that I think is probably presented as a case study on how not to do it because everybody in the Bible study except the leaders became Catholic. We all were convinced that Jesus Christ was a real person, got into the history and the study of what happened, and we all ended up Catholic. This is amazing. So you joined a Baptist Bible study group. That's right. And the Bible study actually led you to the Catholic Church. And everybody else involved in it, except the leaders. Was there somebody leading all of that, apart from the Holy Spirit? The problem was it was based on the historical reality of Christ. Right. And then you begin to look at history. As we continued with this, when you go to any historical location— associated with Christ, there's a big old Catholic church parked right on the top of it. And my wife remembered enough of that from her upbringing. Uh Anyway, it it was quite interesting. And it reached the point in the last few months after the Bible studies, everybody would come to our house and we'd pull out all these books we were getting from Catholic bookstores, (laughs) you know, and say, here are the things that were left out. Right. Anyway, the Holy Spirit worked very, very quickly with us. I really thank God that I came into the church, and my wife reverted. It was all at the same time. It was all very fast and very simple, and I really feel for, for spouses that are in, in different paces in the path. Uh, it's, it must be terrible. So it was, as blessed John Henry Newman said, to be deep in history is to cease to be Protestant. That's right. Uh, and for you, that was a reality. Absolutely. It was your look at history, the historical Jesus, and the historical church— which brought you to the doorstep of the Catholic Church. That's right. Uh, You know, I had a similar experience when I I did a pilgrimage from England to Jerusalem. I was living in England, and and I went hitchhiking one summer across Europe. And every place you went was like the further east you went, you stepped further back into history. It was like a, a trip back into time, back into the Middle Ages in France and Italy, and then finally to the Apostolic Age when you get to Rome, and then across to Greece and the Holy Lands. You know, it was just that sort of thing again, but for me in a different way, realizing the depth of history and the Catholic Church there waiting for you, saying, you know, we were here first, you know, and we've been here all along. Since then, you've served the Lord and served the Church in various uh, different ways. You've been working at Belmont Abbey College, and uh, now you've branched out with um, Holy Heroes. Now, Holy Heroes ministry is really exciting because you're working with children and with young people, sharing the faith with them in a very important way. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. I want to remind you that you're listening to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. If you'd like to be in touch, make sure you go to my blog, uh, Standing on My Head. Uh, also, you can connect there through my website, browse my books, and be in touch with me at my website, DwightLongenecker.com. Here at More Christianity, our guest today is Ken Davison, the founder of Holy Heroes. Ken, Take a minute now and tell our listeners about Holy Heroes. Once I finished my conversion and my wife came into the church, then we began to say, God, what what do you want us to do? I got a a master's degree in theology from uh, Ave Maria University and ended up in Silicon Valley, still saying, you know, what do you want me to do? I was in the business world. It was my children that got me into this. And each step of the way, I I couldn't see (laughs) what I was doing or, or why. But my three little girls, my three oldest girls, 
began to evangelize the next-door neighbors because as we became more Catholic, and so we put crucifixes up in our house. We're learning the faith at the same time that my children are learning the faith. And they, of course, wanted to share it with the next-door neighbors. They thought that we were crazy. They called us um, wackos, like from Waco, and we called them the pagan neighbors because they really had no religion at all. My children would play Saint Tag and, and use coloring books, and they would talk about saints and talk about stories. It was all in the imagination. And then one afternoon, it was very hot, my daughter comes home and says, well, I baptized Hannah. And we said, what and do you mean? Hannah is the, the next-door neighbor. The little neighbor girl. And we okay. said, what do you mean you baptized Hannah? And my daughter was probably eight at this time, and Hannah was seven. She said, well, we've been talking about you know going to heaven and all these things, and the sprinkler was there. So I said, Hannah, do you want to go to heaven? Yes, I do. Well, then you have to be baptized. And I have the Catholic Girls Guide here, and it says, here's how you baptize. So I filled the bucket up with water, and I baptized her as I said to do it. But there was still water left in the bucket, so I had to do it again. And I said, okay, we'll talk about repeating an unrepeatable sacrament at a later time. Uh, I have to just interrupt here and get this clear. Your eight-year-old daughter baptizes— That's right. The seven-year-old next-door neighbor. Did she use the proper form? Did she, she did. say, in the name of the Father, Son, she and Holy Spirit? She did everything perfectly because she followed the book. She right. had the little guide. And what happened then, again, was very, very fast. The, the people behind us were from Vietnam. They were refugees, literally, when Saigon fell. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, yes, we were always taught by the nuns how to baptize in case of death. And, you know, I've never heard anybody doing that. It revitalized their faith. The next-door neighbors, the pagan neighbors, neighbors, within a year, Mm -hmm. were all in the church. They all came into the church. And uh, the mother is now the godmother of one of our children. I mean, we tend to lose sight of the reality and the impact that these sacraments have, how powerful they are, right? because we're too familiar with them. But uh, there's no other explanation for what happened, because we, in fact, moved mm-hmm. about six months after this baptism. Right. During that time, my wife had been answering all sorts of questions, but we were gone when they came into the church. I have actually, uh, Ken, borrowed that story. and I, I tell it in my RCIA classes when we're talking about baptism and yes. saying, you know, something really happens. Absolutely. Uh, God's power is released and his grace is, is unleashed in the world through these uh, sacraments, and we forget. And whenever I tell the story, jaws drop, you know, and it's like, yeah. wow, that's an amazing story. I do actually have to go on and remind people, especially when I'm teaching children and saying, this is unusual and it's not really how baptism should usually happen. So don't go into your neighborhood pool and start baptizing all the kids, please. Yeah, and we had, and we we lived around the corner from a parish. So we said we had to go and tell the parish priest this, you know, and we told the neighbors, she's been baptized. Well, you know, and we had to explain, you you may need to know some things. It, it, It opened up the conversation. But you really realize that the power was the sacrament because she began to want to do things. And at eight and seven, the girls were at the age of of responsibility. We're talking about the new evangelization. And how do we share the faith most effectively? How do we catechize most effectively? I'm reading George Weigel's book, Evangelical Catholicism, at the moment. And he points out how the church is still, in many places, operating under an old-fashioned model of cultural Catholicism where – we evangelized by catechizing our children. They would be baptized and went to Catholic school and went to CCD. They got the faith as part of their culture, part of their family, and then they learned the faith through catechesis. And we've traditionally kind of thought, well, that is evangelism. And it is a form of evangelism, but of course now something more is needed in terms of both catechesis and evangelism. What I'm intrigued by in your story about your your children is that here's a key example of 
which Michael, primary evangelism, one-on-one sharing the faith, person-to-person sharing faith stories. That's right. Isn't that what you're also trying to do with Holy Heroes? And I see from that point how basically Holy Heroes has grown. It's kids teaching kids. Right. It was from my daughters evangelizing their next-door neighbors at the level that both of them could understand and were and their interests were and and again capturing you know imaginations and then it became my wife evangelizing their mother mm-hmm. when she would ask questions and my wife would then explain so with holy heroes we do the same thing it's it's kids evangelizing kids we do online adventures for advent lent and the summer and it's my children answering the questions talking about things play acting but we also have the questions come right out. So I have a, a, a six-year-old and a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old, and they ask those questions. And then it's the older children that answer the questions or, or bring you back you know, into the Bible. So we, we try to let the kids evangelize the kids in the language that they can understand. When I was um, working as a high school chaplain, I soon learned that the most effective way to actually conduct retreats, the most effective way to communicate with high school students— was to allow the older high school students to do the work. We called it peer ministry. It was peer-to-peer. It was young people-to-young people. And I can remember the first time when I I kind of handed over. I had been doing the retreats myself and I suppose thinking that I was doing a good job and relating to the kids and everything. And I, I, I think I did pretty okay. But I handed over to the teenagers themselves and sat back and watched them. And I was thinking, you know, wow, their public speaking skills are not really developed and they didn't do that talk very well and it went on way too long and I was kind of critical. Then I got the feedback from the kids who were on the retreat and you can predict what they said, yeah, that the right. best part of the retreat was when <laughs> when Jimmy and, and Jane and the other teenagers were doing their thing and sharing with them. And I, boy, I learned straight away, this is powerful. This is yeah. uh, young people talking to young people, ordinary people talking to ordinary people about their experience of Jesus Christ and their experience of the faith. We have an audio CD. And again, you know, each step of the way, I, I'm the one saying, oh, this won't work. This doesn't make any sense. An audio CD, best love Catholic prayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were asked to do an audio CD when the translation of the Mass changed about the Mass. And one of my daughters said, "We ought to. there are some prayers that people need to know and how to pray them like a Catholic. Bow your head at the name of Jesus. Here's when you genuflect in the Angelus. Do the Regina Chaley during Easter type of thing. So I said, okay, but this sounds boring to me, a bunch of prayers. So one of my daughters wrote the script, and she wrote it as a conversation amongst the children. And again, the older kids teaching the younger children. Right. And it's, it's absolutely fantastic. They explain where the prayers come from. Let's do this, how you do them. And, and one of the things I get back is the feedback from the moms. I've had many moms say this. One of the things we tell them in the mass portion is mass doesn't end until the priest leaves the church. Mm-hmm. Don't leave early. I had a number of mothers come to me and say, I've tried to tell them it's not over. Mass isn't over. No, we can't leave. No, it's not done. No, we can't leave. But when your 11-year-old son on that audio CD, clearly a Catholic expert, tells them, right. now I have no more problems, and the children are telling the other children, Mass isn't over, the priest hasn't left yet, we're, we're not leaving yet. So it is. It's a, it's a powerful thing. Who brings the message? Mm-hmm. 
And so this peer-to-peer evangelism is uh, working through your Holy Heroes program. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more specifics about how to find out more about Holy Heroes? I want you to do that in just a minute. You're listening to More Christianity, the program where we explore the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. One of the efforts that I've made in this same uh, direction of new evangelization is my writing. And one of my most recent books is Catholicism, Pure and Simple. I've tried to do just that, to express the faith from the very beginning and arguments for God right through to the sacrament and prayer in Catholicism, Pure and Simple. It's been used for catechesis and training. Go to my website, DwightLongenecker.com, and learn more about it at the bookstore there. Ken Davison is my guest today. He's the founder of Holy Heroes, a program of catechesis and training and formation for our children. Where can we learn more about Holy Heroes? And tell me more about the actual content. Yeah, you can, you can go to holyheroes.com, and um, we offer a number of things absolutely free, the Advent Adventure, the Lenten Adventure, uh, and, and things like that, and a, and a newsletter has all sorts of activities, audio prayers. They can follow along, little short videos of the kids explaining parts of the faith and saint days and that sort of thing. So go to holyheroes.com. Uh, and you can see where you can sign up for those free activities. We support it through the sales of our products, mm-hmm. Glory Stories, which are played on many radio stations, Dramatized Saint Stories, also various Holy Heroes devotionals, the Rosary, Stations of the Cross, Altar Gang audio things. And we actually came up with our first video just a couple weeks ago, Holy Heroes Inside the Sacraments, the Holy Eucharist. It's volume one, and it's the kids taking you back in time, into Scripture and behind the scenes to reveal, you know, the mystery of the Eucharist. That's our first video DVD uh, that you can get there. Uh, And as well, for the younger kids, we have various coloring books, The Life of Jesus, and and things like that. So it's all targeted towards families, helping families bring the joy of the faith to their family through capturing children's imaginations and answering the questions that they have about the faith. Your point there, Ken, about answering questions is really important. You know, I think a lot of times in Christian circles, too often the teachers have been, I don't want to be down on anybody, but you know, sometimes I get the impression that questions were not allowed. And sometimes children and young people were kind of sat on because they asked a question. Someone might say, well, you're not allowed to doubt the faith, or you can't ask a question like that, because maybe the question was framed in a kind of rebellious way or a challenging way. It's my opinion that no such thing as a bad question. And so is this part of Holy Heroes' call as well to actually engage the children in a process of what could be called creative questioning or curiosity questioning, a good kind of questioning, and training them, therefore, to question in the right way? It really is a part of it, and actually that's what's made a lot of it develop. For example, when we were shooting the video, Mm -hmm. you have all the kids there, and they – believe me, they will not hesitate to say, that does not make sense. Great. Then we we worked on it until it did make sense. Hmm. We have everything theologically reviewed, especially when we change something in the script. We go back and we say, okay, you have a number of priests look at it and say, are we accurate here? But we really are focused into letting the youngest kids ask their questions. And I I think you, you hit a point there because sometimes the questions come out antagonistic. They're not trying to be antagonistic. They just don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we try to keep as part of the interplay and as part of the product development is let's let the kids ask the questions in the way they'd ask the question. Because if your kid's asking a particular question, you you can bet somebody else's kids have the same question. That's right. Right. And if you don't let them ask the question when they're five, six, seven, and they're actually sincere and you quash that – 
when they really get rebellious, they're not even going to ask. I contend, especially in religion, is that a child only becomes rebellious about religion when someone has said to him, you can't ask that question or you can't doubt because the child then concludes because he's not dumb yeah he concludes oh they don't have an answer that's uh, right they don't really believe it either or you you weren't listening no right. why don't you why don't you explain mm -hmm. it <laughs> you weren't communicating that's what that actually means i'm a parent yes. i get frustrated and i've i've heard myself say you know to the older kids you weren't listening and i just say the same thing no let's accept that everybody's being honest here exactly this is Father Dwight Longenecker. You're listening to More Christianity. My guest today is Ken Davison, founder of the Holy Heroes Program, an exciting new program using the new media to share the faith and uh, form our children in the faith and to catechize them. Ken, one of the things I've noticed as a convert is that within Catholicism, there seem to be kind of two schools of catechesis, two ideas. I can only characterize them with broad strokes. I know that in these generalizations, they're not really true, but they kind of show two different approaches to catechesis. One of them seems to be kind of like memorize all the facts about the Catholic Church, you know, memorize the catechism, do this workbook, sit at this desk and learn these facts about the sacraments and learn these facts about the saints and learn these facts about the Catholic Church and then you'll be a good Catholic. In other words, very academic, head knowledge, learning all the doctrines and dogmas and being very high on content. The second seems to be the other extreme, which is all about feelings and relationships and how I feel about my spirituality and changing the world to make it a better place and being relevant. And it's kind of gooey and fuzzy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, you might even call one of these approaches to catechesis hard and the other soft. Yes. And it's easy for both sides to to throw stones at each other for those who are in for a soft catechesis about relationships and changing the world and being relevant, saying, oh, you hard catechists with your facts and your dogma, you think that's all there is. Don't you realize it's about relationship? The ones who love facts and dogma will say, I'm not going for that soft fuzzy puppy dogs and kittens stuff. And there seems to be this divide. Have you sensed this as well? That's actually why I've, I've said a couple of times, you know, we're trying to capture their imaginations. I have a quote on my desk from Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, mm -hmm. where he says, all the saints were people of imagination. Right. And that's really what it is. Not making things up, but imagining, mm -hmm. taking what they know and meditating on it and pondering it and thinking, well, how can this be? I mean, I've heard, I think we've heard that question in Scripture. Mm -hmm. uh, trying to grasp it and understand it in some way, and how does it apply to me? So that's what we say with Holy Heroes. We're trying to help you bring the joy of the faith to your family. Right. You're going to learn things as facts, but this is actually joyful. It's actually fun. It actually feeds your imagination who you are. Dogs don't have imagination. Human persons have imagination. Exactly. And that's what we are. The children gobble this up and think about it, and it is joyful to them. And that's what we need to do. So we're trying to make sure you get the facts, but not in a way that well, wears you down. Also, it seems to me that what you've succeeded in doing is your materials are very content-based. I mean, there's wonderful traditional prayers. Yeah. There's wonderful dogma and understanding of the scriptures and the sacraments. So the content is there, but you're communicating it in this relational way with brothers and sisters and children to That's children, right. with uh, creativity and drama and puppetry and all this sort of thing. And so you've really been able to combine the two together, which is very important. The other aspect of this is what kind of catechesis do you find in the scriptures? 
you don't find a lot of lists of dogmas to be believed and rules to be um, right. obeyed. You find faith stories right. from Adam and Eve right through to Noah and Abraham and Isaac and the patriarchs and David and all the Old Testament characters and the New Testament characters. We have stories of people engaging with God, stories of people who are engaging the great struggle of faith, of sin, repentance, sorrow, salvation, all these things. And so this is where our faith is really communicated most effectively, where we also share our faith stories. My daughters evangelize the next-door neighbors with saint stories. They, mm-hmm. they literally play saint tag, like freeze tag, but you have to say a saint's name. These are with people that aren't Christian, okay? <laughs> so they had to explain who all these saints are. Okay. Now, how are you going to remember the saints? You've got to know the story. So they're transferring the stories, and they're running around trying to remember saints before they get tagged. Tell me that Benedict XVI quote again. He says, all the saints were people of imagination. Yeah, I've got one for you, which really changed my life. He said, Scripture can only be interpreted through the lives of the saints. Yes. He's saying the same thing, that it's through the lives of the saints, through the faith stories that we understand Scripture, understand the church. And and one of the things that I always say is that saying, you know, it's it's neat being Catholic because I can cheat. And the way we can cheat is glory stories. Mm Mm-hmm were what really kicked off holy heroes, these dramatized saint stories. And everything is to bring out a truth of the faith, teach catechesis. St. Kateri teaches about baptism, uh, St. Faustina about confession, Blessed Mother Teresa, the gospel on five fingers, you know, various things like this. And, and I always tell all the people that are writing that would like to submit something, I say, here's what you do. I need to know what that catechetical point is. And would you please cheat? Go to the canonization of the beatification homily and the Pope will tell you, will give you a scripture verse and say, this is what we learn. So that's what's great about being Catholic. I can start with the church, and the imagination doesn't have to be ours. We don't have to make up a story to mm-hmm. prove a point. We take a story that was actually written in a life by God, and it is dramatic. And by using as many of the saints' actual words as possible, you and I and our different experience from our six-year-olds— we hear the story in a different way. Our faith grows. You know, as theology is, is faith-seeking knowledge. We start with the church. We start with the scriptures. We start with the real-life story of the saint. And then we ponder, and our imagination works with it, and we hear the words of Blessed Mother Teresa. We hear the words of, of one of the Knights of Columbus who was canonized, and the record of St. Maximilian Kolbe. That will teach us and lead us along in in our faith journey and lead us deeper to the faith. Because in each one of the saints, we see the grace of God coming alive. We see the truths of the gospel incarnate, not in the same way as in the incarnation of our Lord, but in a subsidiary way. These real people are showing us God's grace at work and the reality of our religion. We only have a few minutes here. Ken Davison is my guest. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. You're listening to More Christianity. Ken, tell us about a website or some okay. phone numbers, how we can get in touch with you and with Holy yeah. Heroes. Yeah, the best thing is to, for Holy Heroes, go to holyheroes.com or glorystoriesfun.com. For the Envoy Institute, go to catholicapologeticscamp.com or catholicapologeticsacademy.com. Thank you, Ken, for being with us today. You're listening to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, and our guest today has been Ken Davison, founder and director of the Holy Heroes Program.